everyone. Welcome to the April edition of the Luton Town Supporters Trust podcast. You'll know by now I'm Kev. I'm joined by the regular two, uh, the Lutonian journalist James Cunliffe and Trust Chairman Tony Murray. Chaps, how are you both? Good, thanks, Kev. All good, mate. All good, how are you? Yep, pretty good. You'll struggle not to be pretty good this week, I would imagine, if you're anything affiliated with Luton. Uh, we're joined also by Trust member and Luton Town fan Dan Barrett. Davis, um, Dan, welcome along to the podcast. Um, just introduce yourself. How long have you been a town fan? Whereabouts do you sit? That sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I've, hi everyone. Uh, I started watching Luton in '94, the start of the '94 '95 season. Um, been so that's what 27 years now. Um, seen a fair few up and downs in that time, and yeah, I sit in the main stand. I used to sit in Block F. Uh, but I've, I've, I've intended on st- uh, bringing my kids, my stepsons to games. So we moved down to the enclosure for this season that we've not been able to go. Um, so we can get a little, little bit nearer the action and, and stuff. So so you yeah. became a town fan when Lenny Lawrence was manager and it didn't put you off. So you must be uh, <laughs> a diehard town fan. So well, it was, da- it was David Pleat. Um, it's David Pleat's uh, last season in charge, and then Terry Wesley took over, didn't they? I think that was a budget cut thing. My dad said at the time, and uh, then we had to get Lenny Lawrence in, and that was my childhood ruined almost. But to be honest with you, it, it, it once once you're in, you're in, aren't you? It's your club, so you absolutely are. Yeah, um, very welcome on the podcast. We're um, delighted to have you on. Okay, everyone, uh, we are going to do this podcast in two parts, as we have done throughout the whole of 2021. In part one, we will review uh, the matches since the international break, where you won't immediately review the Derby Day because we're going to do a whole little section on that because it deserves it. We'll do a couple of player focuses and that will end part one. Then we'll come back with part two, where I'm sure the boys will have plenty of long runs and rants and everything else Regarding the fallout from the European Super League, uh, we'll have a little chat about how football can reform itself. We'll look ahead to the rest of the season. The chaps will pick their player of the season. And we will finish the podcast with a discussion on uh, the latest plans at Newlands Park, Park, which were um, released earlier on today. Right, chaps, let's get cracking straight into it. Um, recent matches. I, th- I think we can kind of gloss over a, a lot of this, actually. Dan, I'll start with you as you're the guest on the podcast. That first one, Derby away, I mean, other than the final whistle, did you see any positives that day? Um, I didn't actually watch the game, I'm afraid. Um, that is in itself did... an immediate positive, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I didn't. Um, I've just watched the goals back now because, admittedly, I haven't seen them before tonight. Um, and I thought I'd better watch them before coming on. Uh, can't really say much more than that. Uh, move on <laughs> anything to add James I've instantly wiped it from my memory banks it was just <laughs> absolutely dreadful and the worst it thing is it to be wiped from there either does it no it doesn't <laughs> the worst thing was if they'd actually done a number on Derby they could be close to the trapdoor. I'd love nothing more than to see them go down to be honest <laughs> this is true uh, Tony the other positive was that um, at least they scored both their goals and we didn't gift them um, a silly own goal luck at last season I'm sorry, Kev, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. We will move on from there. It didn't get an awful lot better down against Barnsley at home. At least we scored this time. But um, well, what were your views on that one? Uh, again, well, I mean, I watched, I actually watched this one. I was at my brother's house and I had it on, I follow on my phone. So I was being very um, 
<clears throat> what's the word? Uh, not very sociable, shall we say. Um, what, and then when it went 2 0, I just because I thought oh, I'm with everybody, I haven't seen people for a while. So I switched off and switched back on for the last 10. Uh, I think the last 10 we looked really good, but it, as often is the case when you're all down with 10 minutes to go, too little, too late, uh, uh, conceding two really soft goals and not really looking at getting back in the game as a matter of urgency as we should have. I think it was a bit of a hangover from the internationals because I think we went into those with a decent bit of form and it sort of come at the wrong time, in my opinion. Yep, so. I, would, I would agree with that. That's a fair shout. Tony, what did you make of the um, Barnsley game? Yeah, d- uh, disappointing, wasn't it? I think it goes back to the old Luton tradition of uh, having bad Easter programmes. Um, yeah, I mean, right across this season, and even if you look back in the last season, whenever there was an international break, straight after it, we just were awful. And it, it just seems to take us a couple of games to get back into the swing of things. But, you know, before that, I, I wouldn't have been surprised, actually, um, about the result, to be honest with you, because it seems to be almost a tradition now when we play Barnsley. We win at their place, they win at ours. So, you know, I was sort of resigned to a defeat before them before the game anyway. Yeah, they looked at a um, decent side in fairness. They're doing really well. They're doing really well. It's great. Yeah, they they absolutely are. James, the boss wasn't particularly happy after that game, was he? Um, called a few home truths out, said a few strong words, um, you know, about how he only wanted people that would what that wanted to play for Luton going forward. And um, you can see where he was coming from, really. Yeah, well, he's had an upturn in fortune since then, but they're, they're, there was far too many players that just weren't at it, really. And, you know, in many ways, I've got quite a bit of sympathy because when I've been off on holiday for two weeks and come back, I don't really want to do my job particularly well either. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, there, there was that as well. But Barnsley are very good. I, I said it in the last pod. I, I didn't really fancy getting much of them because they were on such a good run. You, you know, however good Luton had done, They've done immensely well. Uh, and that the Daryl DK just uh, gave Matty Pearson in particular a bit of a torrid time. So yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a, it wasn't the best of watches, was it? No, he absolutely wasn't. Neither was the first 45 minutes the following week, Dan, at Wickham. Um, but thankfully everything sort of turned around at half time and uh, we ran out comfortable winners. Yeah, I think. Like you say, it was a terrible start against the, the bottom of the league, um, who have been firmly bottom all season, not look like them shifting up until recently, I'd say, since we played them, to be honest, they've, they've picked a bit of form up. But yeah, that first half weren't impressed at all. And I think it took a masterstroke from Jones in terms of making substitutions and getting Moncur and Lua on just to get at them. And it, and it worked. Scored three excellent goals. Adebayo got a goal as well. And yeah, I felt... I felt that uh, overall we deserved the win. It was a bit of a game of two halves, wasn't it? A bit, and um, but I, th- I think overall, they, I think we, I think we had the majority of the chances. I might be wrong, but I felt we deserved the win overall. I think yeah, the experience at this level helped us to get the points. To be honest, I would agree with that, James. I'm going to come to you first because I know Tony's itching to um, get involved in this particular discussion. Um, 
James, uh, Keelan Dewsbury Hill came off the bench, didn't he, at halftime in that game? And I thought immediately made a big impact in that game. Of course, those in Buckinghamshire uh, lament the sending off, but it was a sending off. Don't think anyone in their right mind can possibly criticise that. And uh, there was only one winner from there, wasn't there? Yeah, I mean, Dewsbury Hill came on, played really well. So did so did Cornick. They swung the game for me. Um, you say anyone in their right mind doesn't think that that's a sending off, but the manager was adamant that it wasn't. But like I said, in their right mind. <laughs> okay, right, gotcha, mate, gotcha. I mean, yeah, there was a bit of argument about it, but it's letter of the law stuff. If you go over the top of the ball with studs showing, it doesn't matter whether it's like nasty or anything. You know, a full pelt that can cause a bit of damage. So. Off he goes, but Luton were on top before then, anyway. So if anyone's going to claim that that swung, that that was instrumental, I mean, so the only thing you could probably say is that uh, they weren't creating too many chances at that point. But um, you know what happened happened, and um, which is wonderful, wasn't it? Finally, to get that um, away day monkey off the backs of not having come from behind to win, um, but to get all the goals in what eight minutes, I think eight minutes. Burst and uh, all of them wonderful. And, uh, the, we know what George Moncur is like from the free kick spot. We know what happens when um, Nwadwa dips his shoulder and comes inside, top bins. And um, what we haven't seen too much of, uh, which we hope, well, I hope that we see much more of, is um, is that a way towering over somebody to power in a header? It was a great cross by Harry Cornick, by the way, as well. So, um, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I, I, I have to admit, after the first half, I thought, "Oh my god, they're going to win here, aren't they?" We come. I thought it was that bad, but the turnaround was amazing. Yeah, we uh, we seemed to play Wickham's game in the first half, but thankfully, we found our game uh, in the second half. We generally only seem to play the last ten minutes there, and it happens to work, and we end up coming from behind and winning. Tony, what did you make of that game? I know you, it was one of the games that you looked forward to most throughout the whole of the season. Uh, how did you see it? Uh, probably contains my favourite 10 minutes of the whole season, actually, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, we were no great shakes in the first half. Um, got sucking into their game plan. Looked like it was going to be one of those games until uh, Nathan made the, the changes and the correct changes. And, uh, yeah, did it pay off? And I, I always find things like this particularly funny especially against Wickham when you know they're doing all their time wasting and their gamesmanship and they were doing it during that game as well but not so blatantly and then we equalise and we go in front and then there's a like a total change round in their team you know the keepers hurrying up you know <laughs> so it's our turn to waste time um it was enjoyable. It, it, it was really enjoyable. And, and, and Ainsworth's reactions afterwards about the sending off. Yeah, again, you know, I totally agree uh, with what's been said. It, it was it was a sending off, you know. Yeah, perhaps maybe if it had been one of our players sent off for that, you'd be disappointed. But the letter of the law studs up, as James has said, you know, no question. I mean, you look at their players, they didn't even protest at all. You know, and uh, I, I, I thought that, that all three goals were class. All three goals: the the the, the free kick, um, Loire Loire's goal, absolutely brilliant. And it's gr always great to see him celebrate like that. <laughs> but 
the third goal for me, it, it was like going back to the 80s and uh, the cross from the far right and very half a desk up above the, the centre-back and bang in the back of the net. And that's something that's been missing for our team for a long time is that aerial threat up front. Um, and that was great to see. But overall, I think justice was done in the end. It, we turned out, a you know, um, a comfortable win um, from what looked like being one of those days. So, uh, yeah, I was well happy at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. And for once, there was a referee that his inability to play the advantage actually worked in our favour for the free kick for the first goal. So uh, that was all That was all good. We'll skip the next game. We'll come on to that again in a minute. Um, but we will re- we will visit last night's game against Reading, uh, where, Dan, I think we just ran into a goalkeeper who was um, unfortunately too good for us. Yeah, he was. Uh, one thing I will say, uh, stating the bleeding obvious, is it's a huge improvement on last year's result with them. Um, and it was, I think it was the only one out of the last nine we lost last season I might be wrong I can't yeah. really remember but I remember that one stuck out as particularly awful um, so last night I felt we dominated it um, Reading never really looked for it I think they had a little spell um, in the second half where they looked like they might snatch all three points but I, I was never really worried and given the result we had Saturday I felt that our confidence was high and Reading haven't really been at it like they were at the start of the season, if you like. So I felt I felt we probably deserved the win. Didn't quite get there. Um, but hey, two clean sheets in a row. We've picked up seven points out of three games. Um, happy days. <laughs> Onwards and upwards. Yeah, absolutely. Games, it was set up for a fall last night, wasn't it? I should have said <coughs> for anyone who's listening on. Obviously, we're if you've not worked it out, we're recording this on Thursday evening. Um, it was set up for a fall, wasn't it? Particularly, you know, our Reading against record uh, red, record against Reading. I'll put my teeth in. Record against Reading is terrible. O- overall, we mentioned that in the last podcast. Obviously, Saturday's euphoria and everything else. But actually, uh, there was only one team that was going to win last night, and they weren't wearing Tesco bags. <laughs> no, they weren't. Um, it, it was. It was a really. There's been a couple of times where. They've Luton haven't scored or it's been nil nils. Um and the, the scoreline really hasn't told the whole story because Luton were really uh, fantastic from the start of the game. Um the, this high press that they seem to be working, I think, is part of this evolution that keeps getting talked about. I mean, we've seen it before, obviously, in in the lower legs, uh, lower leagues winning the ball back up high, but um you know, when you want to get yourself on the front foot from the off, doing that and and, and Reading didn't like it. Pelly in particular, I thought was was wonderful in the first half, at doing that and, and, and getting Luton going. Um, and uh, yeah, so they were really confident. I think from the from the Watford game, the way they were playing the ball around. I mean, you've even got you know Cal Naismith bursting up the left, which we haven't seen for some time and, and delivering great balls into the box or, or starting off attacks. And it was, uh, yeah, an all-round great, a wonderful performance, really. It's just that they didn't manage to score the goals. I mean, you'd be worried if they weren't creating the chances, I suppose, is the way that you, you have to look at it. It's the positives to take from it. Um, you just wish they'd have taken, uh, you know, one of them. You know, that particularly the Cale Naismith's pass to Clark, if he stuck that away, that's that's you know one of the assists of the season, if not the the assist. 
Um, you know, George Monco's chance where Raphael somehow gets gets a touch on that to save it. Uh, and then I've not watched the replay back, but um, not Collins's first chance right at the death, the second one from the corner. I think he needs to be hitting the target there. So, um, but you know they kept uh, a second clean sheet in a row, which is good. It's the eleventh in the season, which is amazing. Um, something which I raised with Nathan afterwards. When you look at the table, twelfth place, um, and yeah, they've got eleven clean sheets. So that's where the that's the bedrock of that form and where they've gone. But it's remarkable to be in twelfth when you consider. There's 18 games this season where they haven't scored a goal. That's pretty. That's pretty amazing. It speaks to the defensive turnaround from last season. But um, uh, yeah, I, I, I enjoyed it as a as a game. The the result so much, but it, at least it wasn't that after the Lord Mayor's show feeling. Really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Tony, as James said, it was a point that took us into the top half of the table. So it's certainly not a point that any of us would discredit or anything like that. Um, how did you see the game? I mean, you know, but for a free kick from miles out, which I know Sluga took two attempts to catch, but that was already had to offer, really. Yeah, I mean, um, Sluga, to be honest with you, uh, hasn't had a great deal to do in the past two matches, has he? No, um, he could have had a third week on holiday, couldn't he? Yeah, um, he could have, <laughs> yeah. um, But I, I, I must admit, it, it, it's... Not not draws go. I thought it was quite an entertaining game. I mean, for us, I don't think so so much for Reddy. Um, and I think with a a bit more luck, we could have won that two or three nil. Uh, but it it's frustrating we didn't score. Positive side is we kept another clean sheet, as already been mentioned, which is which is great. Um, and we are now, when when you see us like this, we look quite a strong side. And we, we look like we're now comfortable championship side, which is good. Um, and I, I, I didn't think we, we looked at all like we were going to lose last night. And you're right with what you're saying about the, the pressing up the pitch. Um, that looks so good because when they were doing it straight off the off, Reading were having real problems you know, uh, stringing two parties together, never mind, you know, trying to get into our half. But also what was pleasing was uh, to see Luala from the start. And he was giving Yadon real problems down that, that flank. Um, okay, perhaps he wasn't so effective once he'd gone over and hurt his arm. But it, it, it's great to see that. And it's great to see him in a bit of form. Uh, and starting games and everything. So, yeah, that, that's great. I, I think it looks really good for the future. And I think with some good recruitment in the summer, I think we're looking like a, a good side there. And, uh, you know, all in all, you've got to turn around and say it, it's been a really good season. You know, it's safe from relegation. Um, 12th in the table now, gone above Stoke, which is great. Um, you know, uh Certain player that went there is because uh, he thought he'd have more chance of getting promotion with them. Great, you know. He'll be, he'll be in the championship next season as well, won't he? If he goes back to his yeah, parent yeah. club, so that's correct. And <laughs> uh, and I think we've got a better left back there now than the, than when he was there. So you know, it's funny how things work out in the end, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He probably did us a favour. Let's um, 
you know, let's let's go back to it then. Saturday, I mean, first of all, I've got to hold my hands up. What a load of bollocks. I spoke in the last podcast about it just being a normal game and, and all of this and everything else. That is the biggest load of nonsense that I've ever come out with. And thankfully, James gave me the opportunity to rectify that on his website long before the game took place. But what, I don't know what I was on about there. It meant everything and more on there on Saturday. I mean, Dan, talk to me about, well, obviously we know the result was fantastic, but talk to me about how impressed you were with the performance um, and pick out a couple of players that, in particular, if you can, uh, that really impressed you. Yeah, I'm trying to think back to Saturday now. I mean, so much has happened since then. We'll get on to all of that later, obviously. Um, but, I mean, before the game, I was a bit apprehensive because of the fact that it's them. Uh, we haven't beaten them in uh, many years. Um too long and you know you, you want to go into these games thinking it's going to be this is going to be the one where we, we get one over them and I'd have happily I think if you ask most Luton fans we'd have took winning Saturday and losing the next five games I'd have took it certainly um, but we didn't I thought I thought from the word go the they were just up for it. We were we were just up for it, and I thought I thought they were very ordinary. I thought they were very ordinary in uh, the game at the allotments, and I thought they weren't much better this season. Uh, sorry, this Saturday either. Um, I thought Naismith in particular was brilliant. Uh, I thought Jewsby Hall and Pelly in the middle there they they seemed to work quite well together, and Adebayo was causing all sorts of problems as well, and obviously got the penalty. Uh, it's a bit disappointing he couldn't take it, but hey, how's that for James Collins coming on to score his first kick of the game? Um, I, I don't think we were in any doubt. I don't remember Sluger having anything to do. Uh, I think he had more cups of tea than touches. Uh, so, yeah, it, 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 very pleasing, very good day to be a Luton fan and a good way to sort of sort of not finish the season, but do you know what I mean? Sort of remember the end of Put the a rubber end stamp of the on the season really didn't it? yeah sort of sort of say to the rest of the championship you know we're, we're staying around for a bit you know we're not going down um, and we're, we're just establishing ourselves here and looking to build and I think we, we we're looking very much like that now James you um, were pretty critical of how it wasn't a sort of derby feeling at their place um, it certainly you could tell on the pitch it was a more of a derby did it feel like more of a derby in the stands at our place did, I mean obviously uh, you know anyone who's read Gary Sweet's programme notes last night which we're going to come on to uh, later uh, you could tell just by reading that just what it meant to everyone in the director's box but you know in that main stand obviously you had Simon Basher and everyone else bellowing out and everything else did it feel more of a derby it did because of that well, where I've been sitting, it's not been in the press box all season because you have to do social distancing and they've got the space. They've put us in the um, all the local written press. They've put us all in the um, director's box, so we sit at the front. So that made it even feel even more um, like a derby because they were right up for it, as you could expect. Um, it, yeah, it was something. I think it was. You know, I've already talked about the way that they started at the Reading game. But it was the same for the Watford game. Um, mm. You know, Pelly thundered into a challenge, and it's like that's exactly what you need for a derby. And if there were fans there, that they'd have got even more riled up in a good way because of that sort of thing. It's exactly what you want to see. And Luton, after the last derby, looking like they're going to take it properly seriously and understand what it was all about. Whereas 
Watford's players, I don't think they have a clue. That, I mean, that, why would they? They're, they're from various uh, different places around the globe. But um, I think it's got quite well drummed into Luton's players and the reaction from the previous game um, at their place probably uh, helped fire them up a bit. So uh, it was one of the best performances I've seen in quite some time, actually. Probably it might you might even I might even say it was the best performance I've seen in the championship since they've been back really just because of who it was, the importance of it, where Watford are, the form that they were on, um, uh, and not having played them for so long, obviously in you know, 15, 15 years to play them again at Kenilworth Road and twenty eight years to get a to get a victory. Mm. Uh, it was everything. Everything that the first game wasn't, it was uh, absolutely fantastic. And I thought Pelly was outstanding. I gave, it was absolute partisan hyperbole, but I gave every single one of those players in my ratings a 10, except Pelly, who I gave 11 out of 10. He gave Saluga <laughs> a 10 and all he did was stand still. And I mean, really, they should have charged him to be a spectator for the afternoon. He, he, made, he did one great throw out to Adebayo. And um, got him on a, a run, so that is 10, 10 all day long, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was uh, that was fair enough, um, Tony. Obviously, a win that means so much, uh, not just for rivalry, not just for bragging rights. Although obviously it's fantastic to have that, but it was a win that guaranteed mathematically that we're in the championship next season. It was a win that showed that despite there being four divisions between us less than seven years ago. Uh, we played them and beat them as equals. So it's a sign of exactly where we've come from. And it was also a sign of everything that's good about Luton Town. Yeah, it it, it was, it was good. It, it, it you know, um, we were, we were well up for it. Uh, I, I just don't think they had the stomach for it. And uh, I'd heard that they uh, boarded the statue up again, just as a precaution. <laughs> but, um, no, I, I I particularly enjoyed it. Um, you know, take away who the opposition were, um, it was a great performance, and and that's what you want to see. If 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 we'd gone into that and given that performance, and we'd lost, we'd have lost the game or drawn it. Um, I don't think we could have moaned at them because that's what you want to see from your your, your club, that sort of effort and that sort of commitment, uh, and. That that was great, and we did it fairly. You know, none of our players would resort to roughing up a penalty spot or, you know, a little bit of play acting or whatever, um, which which was nice. And uh, it, it's been a long time coming. We've waited for it for a long time. I mean, a few of their fans were giving it Billy bollocks beforehand about what they were going to do to us and everything else. And uh, since that game, all of a sudden, it's always oh, just a game to us. You're not our rivals now, you know. And yeah, right, that hurt them. <laughs> um, all they managed to do was chuck a couple of flare, uh, smoke grenades. Oh, that, that, yeah, that, that was actually... Uh, <clears throat> but they're so stupid, they didn't realise if they chucked in a yellow one and a red one, it would red orange. Red one, orange, yeah. <laughs> they're all looting secretly. Yeah, I, 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 I have to claim, because I was the first person that pointed that out. Yellow know. and red made orange. Um, and the fact that they got caught on camera and uh, yeah, I just, what a p- 
pointless thing to do. Mm. And it's made it even more, you know, because they were having a minute's, uh, uh, a minute silence for some old boy that had passed away. Um, to, to do it then, and uh, it was totally crass. I mean, regardless of who you have a minute's silence for or whatever, it's, it's not the sort of thing you do, is it? Um, I've heard, I've heard actually from good authorities, uh, the two fellas are on Watford's uh, hooligan list or something. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> they've lost a lot that's, of brownies there, haven't tools, they? <laughs> to be honest with you, I saw the picture of them on the internet and I thought it looked like a couple of muppets. To be honest with you, but then I thought that's same an thing. Ugly, that's an insult to the muppets and a bit harsh <laughs> on them, isn't it? But um, no, it it, it was. A long time coming. You, you waited for it for a long time. We, we've had to endure a lot of piss taking and, 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 and words from them. And you know full well that if they went through half of what we've been through over the last 15 years, they'd have crumbled. You know, they, they wouldn't fight back like we like we have. They haven't got the passion that we have uh, as supporters and uh, it, it was just epitomised on the pat on the pitch. They didn't want to know. Um, I was somewhat disappointed at Andre Gray's. Um, I was going to say, when is one of you three going to mention this? Antics at the end of it. <laughs> I, was, I was I was off to get some more guests because you know you've been going on about it for ten minutes and you haven't got to this. I'm yet, getting but... there. I've got this, Kev. I've got. Come on, play fair. Um, Saves the best till last. I, I just thought that that was a little bit disrespectful. I mean. Not so much, you know, he scored and, and, and yeah, or, or as he thought, because we had the last laugh. But it was the level of the of the celebration and the, you know, touching the badge and all that. And I thought, do you know what? You were nothing until you came to our club. You made your name at our club. We gave you the opportunity. Um, and, 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 and that's how you react. I, I thought, do you know what? I think a lot of Luton fans lost a bit of respect for Andre then. It was, it was, well, it was just funny, wasn't it, really, Dan? I mean, you know, it was the yeah. biggest one-nil battering that you've ever seen in your life. But actually, it was good that it was only one-nil because that moment actually meant something. Whereas if it was four-nil and he scored and it got disallowed, it would have been, oh, well, it had still only been four-one. Yeah. But the yeah. fact that it got disallowed at the point where they thought that they'd stolen a point and it would have been the biggest robbery that you've ever seen in your life I, I, just I, made I, it even better. I tell you what, Kev, in the past... We've seen players who've been good players for Luton, been appreciated at Luton, and got transferred to other clubs. And have actually come back to to Luton and scored against us, and not react like that. You look at Steve Howard when he did it for Derby, and Kingsley Black was another one who did it. He scored against us uh, for Nottingham Forest. Both of those players didn't. They didn't celebrate it. Justin last year as well. Just showing us a bit of respect, and, and that is class. And, and as I said, I think Andre let himself down. What did you make of that incident, Dan? Um, my heart stopped actually when it went in. I thought, oh, <laughs> Jamie Buggers have done it. You know, they've, they've snatched a point away from a certain nailed on defeat. Because, like you say, it was like it was the, the biggest battering one nil you've ever seen in your life. And the, the relief on my face. I mean, if you could have had that on camera, it'd be a picture, I'll tell you. Um, when they seen the linesman's flag up. Um, but to see Andre going on, like Tony said, see Andre going on a linesman like, you know, like we'd robbed him or something. It's like, I'm sorry, mate, you were offside. 
Um, and it must have been an eagle-eyed linesman because you don't watching through the screen, you don't see you don't see the full picture really um, that you would had had you been in in the position of the linesman. So it was it was a heart stopping moment. Bit annoyed that it, it had to be Andre as well. The writing's on the wall. You know he could have put your house on him scoring, um, or could you? Because he hasn't. I mean, he's broke more COVID rules and he has scored goals for them. <laughs> so yeah. That's that tells you all you need to know about eighty grand a week. Andre Gray who was earning four hundred pound and a Mars bar at Luton, so or whatever it was. Um, so yeah, it, I've I've lost a lot of respect for the guy. Um, I didn't I, I didn't mind him so much going to Watford, um, and I say that loosely because you know he, he he wanted to move out of Burnley, he wanted to move to another club, maybe he wanted to be closer to wherever he might have lived when he played for Luton. I don't I don't know the circumstances of. Past caring about Andre, to be honest, but I didn't mind him going there. It, it didn't bother me. Do you know what I mean? Players, players will come and go all the time, um, and you just accept that some some players are going to play for your rivals. And it's disappointing, like you say, the way he was pulling his badge, the Watford badge, and the way he was going on. Like, like he'd ne- it was as if he'd never played for Luton, and that's what stuck stuck out the most. Mm. I think. Yeah, no, I, 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 as well. I, I, <laughs> I, I agree. I, the whole the whole incident was funny. Actually, James, uh, it really pains me that for a second time in half an hour of this podcast, I'm going to praise an official. But that linesman deserves some credit because so many of them are daydreaming at things like that for him to actually notice that Andre Gray was offside because, you know, they, they don't always put their flags up for this thing. Fair play to him. And, uh, you know, thankfully, the one right decision a linesman's made all season was the one that we wanted. Yeah, it fell on the right day. I, I think uh, you're all doing um, Agent Gray a disservice there. I think he's intentionally got himself <laughs> offside just so yeah. we can get the Watford fans two seconds of joy before crushing it. I think he's done an absolutely wonderful job going there, uh, they, taking all their money, goals. scoring no goals yeah. and um, giving them a, a modicum of hope in a game where they absolutely deserved none and had none. So... Um, He's, he's done exactly what what he's been sent there for. Undercover work of the highest order. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. That, that that was a funny incident. Um, but another funny incident, James, was after the sending off. And you know, I mean, he's thrown a strop of all strops that fella, hasn't he? Off comes the shirt, lobs that down somewhere near the touchline, belts the hell out of the seat, and realizes that the seat's harder than his foot, and goes limping off up into wherever it is that we made them get changed. I mean, that was brilliant. Yeah, it was great. I mean, it was a culmination of um, him having to look at the clean pair of heels of Luar Luar game, really, wasn't it? He's running, <laughs> running past him. So, uh, it, yeah, the the reaction was uh, exceptional. They showed that on telly, did they? Because um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saw, right. I saw every bit of that. It was I was right above it, and uh, yeah, somebody throwing a strut like that is exactly what you want when uh, when, <laughs> when your rival gets sent off. I yeah. was thinking, did Saar play the other night for them or is he still in Naismith's pocket? Well, I mean, to yeah, be fair, you'd have caught in the biggest game of your season, you'd have played supposedly your best player of the season, wouldn't you? But, I mean, fair play to him, you know. I think the biggest surprise out of all of this on Saturday is the manager's still there on Tuesday. I mean, how does mm-hmm. that work out? Surely his lifespan's been and gone by now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know how he's lasted as long as he has. It's, it must be some sort of record for them. Absolutely. I thought, you know, the rest of them would leave Kenilworth Road and they'd have um, left him there. Thankfully, uh, their thankfully owners, their owners don't understand the derby either, mate. They just thought it was another game. So. 
Well, no, knowing them, they'll they'll get the point that they need for a promotion, and then they'll sack him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's how that's fickle that's, they are, aren't they? That's uh, that, that's quite true. Um, some other good performers in that game, Jordan Clark. Uh, we're going to come on to him again in a minute, so um, I'm only going to mention that yeah, he, he had a great game. But Dan mentioned it, James. I'll come. To, no, I won't come to you, um, Tony. I'll come to you. Dan mentioned it a minute ago. Elijah Adebayo, absolutely superb throughout the whole of the afternoon when you think he was up against two meathead centre-halves and he had them both pretty much under control and then he even had the wherewithal to just get to the ball before the goalkeeper and let the goalkeeper absolutely wipe him out which is about the only thing the goalkeeper did touch all afternoon um, <laughs> you know that was a true centre-forward performance yeah it, it it was it was a great performance from him um, it was unfortunate that he, he got injured and uh, had to go off and I was quite surprised actually that he was fit for last night but he's been a fantastic buy for us and when you think he's only just not even really found his feet in the division yet I think you know for such a big guy that he's got so much skill on the ball as well um, I, I can't wait to see him once he's actually got used to the championship and the level of football um, what he can do for us next season because uh, you can see in, in the time he's been there it, it, you know Mick has obviously been working with him and, and uh, he he looks more of a target man and uh, that is something we've missed for a while and uh, yeah absolutely great he hasn't put a foot wrong you can see he's still a, a little bit raw and a little bit inexperienced but he's getting there and he's getting better with every game as well Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love the um, strength that he's got as well. He, mm. Once the ball's near him, it ain't you know you ain't getting it off of him, and uh, that's a commodity that'll be uh, much and sought he, after. He looks, he looks just as good when he goes wide as as when he's in the middle. So you know he, he he looks like a threat, you know, and to have that ability on the ball and then be good in the air as well is is great. Yeah, truly brilliant signing. Another person who's been a brilliant signing who got the derby, Dan was. Kin and Dewsbury Hall. Mm. To be fair to them, I mean, let's give them credit. They had a midfield of internationals uh, in there, but you wouldn't have thought it because Dewsbury Hall, alongside Pelly, just dominated the game. Uh, they've they've struck up a really good partnership, haven't they? As the seasons wore on, and Dewsbury Hall in particular stood out um, not just Saturday but consistently all season. He's been he's just been a constant threat. I love how he breaks the play up. He's always looking to get things going or. Uh, or even if he just plays it safe, and it's all about keeping the ball and moving it around, and you can tell why Leicester City rate him so highly. Why he's just signed a four-year contract there. Um, he's he's just been a revelation since since day one, really. Yeah. I'll tell you what I missed. like about him as well, Dan, is is the <clears> fact that if you looked at the game last night, he was more than willing to run on past the forwards. Mm, yeah. Uh, and he's he's chasing down and everything last night and and the runs he was making as well as getting the ball at his feet and looking to play it and everything was just absolutely superb. Yeah, uh, he is going to be some player. He's he's brilliant. I mean, I I don't know how true these. Um, I saw something. I don't know whether it was in the Luton news or something, but he's apparently that Nathan Jones has said that they're talking to him about whether he's staying next season or something. I think personally that's in the hands of Leicester City because if if there's a space comes up in their midfield, he fits in, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this working for Leicester City, he's crap. 
Don't want him. <laughs> He's useless. Let us keep him. <laughs> give, give him to us. Yeah, on a free transfer. It'll be, yeah. Maybe maybe Agent Justin will do that for us. Yeah. That would be very nice. I mean, if we all get to go to Kenilworth Road and that fella's in our midfield next season, whew, what a uh, what a season it will be. James, I'm going to bring the bring you in for the last word on um, this game because heroes are made in derbies, and well, I think it's fair to say the one man that you've been championing on this podcast for close on four seasons now certainly wrote himself into Luton folklore on Saturday. If that is his parting gift, James Collins, and let's hope it's not. I really hope he's here next season. I really hope. He signs another contract and everything else. But if that is his parting gift, what a parting gift it was. Yeah, it, it, perfect, really. It, it, the only way he could get more perfect if it was the last game of the season and he did that, if if it is to be the case that he goes. I mean, like like you, I, I hope he doesn't. He's um, He must be the first uh, player of his calibre where you could call a legend that doesn't have a song about him. Um, You've uh, been big on this for four years. I just, you, honestly, I can't believe that he hasn't got so the amount of goals he scored, and that that was his seventy first. And okay, so he's not been getting in the twenties in the championship, but they were relegation fodder for most of last season. And um, he's not; he's been on the bench for the last what ten games, really. So uh, to to come off and um, in such a big game. And uh, send the keeper the wrong way. I always like. I, I tend to think I've got this sort of sixth sense about penalties that I just know when they're going to go in or not. And I never had any qualms about it going in um, with him uh, on that one. And uh, it was everything that they they deserved. Really, I mean, they could have been three or four nil up at half time. So the fact that Watford managed to keep it to just one penalty. Um, doesn't tell you the story of the game, really. It was an absolute drubbing, um, and uh, we, we should we should think of it as such. It, 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 you wouldn't have been out of place if they'd have scored a you know a telephone number in that game. No, absolutely not. Fantastic win. Uh, something that you know, like like the boys have said, we've waited so long for, and um, it's a win that we'll remember for uh, an, an awful long time. Seventeenth of April will go down. In amongst all the other great dates in April um, in our history. I mentioned just a minute ago, chaps, that Jordan Clark has um, really impressed, certainly in that game. He's, he's impressed in nearly every game. Um, Dan, I'll come to you. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll do a proper player focus on him now. Obviously, it was one of the first signings back in the summer transfer window. have to admit, of all of the Accrington players that I'd noticed as we were rising up the league together, he wasn't one that kind of jumped out at me. but What's your what's your views on him this season? Um, I'll be honest, I hadn't really noticed him before, um, and I'm embarrassed because I was actually at Shrewsbury when he. I think he scored twice past us back in 2014. I think it was. Um, so I've seen him play, and I, was, I should have heard of him. So uh, when we signed him, I thought, okay, don't know enough about him, but he, he interviewed well, and I felt that you know if, you want players that want to come and play for the club they're signing for. You know, the guy's got ambition, absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, he's at sort of the right age and we've, we've got a reputation for bringing players through from the lower leagues and turning them into good players. Um, and Jordan Clark certainly is, I mean, he's he's settled into it. He hasn't started every game, but every, every time I've seen him, he's looked really good, really impressive. So, 
I think he's been a brilliant signing overall. Definitely. Yeah, I would I would certainly echo that. Tony, I mean, what have you made of him? The only position we've not seen him in yet is in goal, and I've no doubt that he's probably <laughs> yeah. good enough in there as well. Um, he, you know, he's he, played right back, he's played left back, he's played right wing back, he's played left wing back, he's played left wing, he's played right wing, played everywhere across the pitch, and, and he he just looks... I hate these, these terms, sort of versatile players, because so often they get thrown about as a sort of jack of all trades and a master of none but you do get the impression that he could actually hold any of those positions down by right yeah and again at, at, at his first season in the championship and uh he's he's starting to you can definitely see a progression of improvement with him um and as you said he uh he's looked good in in every position he's played He's good on the ball. He's got a good first touch, you know, and surprisingly for a little guy, he gets up well, doesn't he, as well. He, he, he's very good in the air. So I, I think he's been an excellent acquisition for us. Um, again, I, I'm, I'm like, Dan, I, I, I didn't really know of him before he came to us and it, it was a bit of a surprise. But no, I, I think it just shows you what our scouting's like and... Uh, you know, if that's what we did last summer, I can't wait to see who we bring in in this window. James, you've obviously sat and watched him all season. What have you made of him? I mean, and and also, where would you see his best position in this side? And, and I, I'm kind of thinking there with regards to when he signed, we were all told he's a right winger, creates a lot of chances and things, but we've obviously got Harry Cornick here as well. So where would you see Jordan Clark being most effective as well as what have you made of him? <laughs> I've been really in, impressed with uh, Jordan. Uh, he had fantastic stats about his his game uh, playing at Accrington, uh, and that doesn't always translate, I suppose. But once he got into his groove, you can you can tell why he gets those sort of stats. He's 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 very very consistent. I think um, in terms of position, I think I could see him playing. I'd like I'd like him to stay at but stay at right wing. Uh, to be honest, I, I think he's very creative and he can come inside. Um, he's got a lot of skill and a lot of vision. Um, probably more so than than Harry Cornick, although we all know that Harry Cornick's um, got pace to burn. But uh, it's interesting. Uh, uh, once a couple of games back, actually that. Um, Nathan was talking about him and said he actually sees him uh, as a as a central midfielder as well, not like permanently central midfielder, but he can play that role. Uh, and I can you can I can see that as well because he's not he's quite hard to shake off the ball for a, a small lad. And so if you're in a bit of a battle and you need someone to get stuck in, I think he can do that job as well. To be honest, um, as a find from lower down the leagues and it's interesting to hear um, people say here today that you didn't really spot him and that's true I don't remember him either really so, so to to find him and and um, bring him on like they have is uh, you know one of the high points of the season I think he's, he's only going to get better and um, he earns a lot of praise from the manager as one of these players that uh, you know, takes everything on board and executes plans and stuff like that. All this sort of coaching terms that you hear, but um, it's that level of consistency that you're going to need 
to to progress really because you've got a you, you can't you can't have like two great games and then three awful ones if you want to get better from where Luton are now 12th position <clears throat> to improve on that next season it's not going to be easy so um, you've got to have those players that can give you you know seven out of ten minimum every game and I think you know Jordan Clark does that and um, you know he's got a couple of things in his locker which we have seen uh, and probably would like to see some more but for a little lad he can jump very high <laughs> he's fairly good with his head as we saw at Reading in the Cup so um, it, it, yeah I think he's a, he's a fabulous player to have um, and, and now he's sort of forcing his way into the starting 11 whereas before he's a bit of an impact player so I think that tells you everything uh, you need to know about him Yeah absolutely uh, certainly goes down in the sort of um, Cal Naismith role of um, versatility as being extremely um, useful the other player we're going to focus on this month, and we're going to focus on him for a couple of reasons, partly because he's shown great form in the last couple of weeks and also because his contract is up in the summer, Dan, is Kazenga Luwa-Luwa. First of all, um, you know, he's really hit form for us at the right time. I mean, obviously, that goal against Wickham of such quality was probably wasted on them, but what a goal it was. Uh, mm. And then he he played every bit as pivotal a role in the derby, you know, by terrorising that bloke to the extent that, you know, he had enough of him, kept pushing him over and fancied an early shower. Yeah. Um, the while, the while, is, I've, I've felt a bit sorry for him because he hasn't really played as many games as he did like. And I think he said in the press recently that he, it, he's he been really frustrated this season. And rightly so. Um, but like you say, he's, he's really impressed me the last few games, particularly Saturday. He, he looked lively again last night, albeit I think he only lasted an hour last night. But from watching him in previous seasons, he's he's always a player that excites. You know, he, I like him a little bit to Carlos Edwards in that he, he can turn on a six-punch can he? You know, he, he can go backwards and forwards and round and through people like they're nothing. And he's quite flexible in that respect as well. And he he's a crowd pleaser and he excites, but he makes he makes things happen. Um, whether he'll get a new contract or not, I'm sceptical, to be honest with you. Um, I like would him. Would you give him I a new contract? I would, personally, because I think he, he's got something to offer. I think he's got something in his locker. The only thing I would say is his fitness probably will count against him. Um, I remember when he first came, Nathan never picked him. Uh, he'd sort of make cameo appearances from the bench. And then when Mick came in and played him a lot, he was pivotal to that. But I think his fitness has sort of let him down a bit. And I, I, although he's been brilliant last few games, I worry whether he's going to be that kind, have that kind of impact over the course of the season. A without getting injured, and B whether he can carry on being consistently good. That's that's my only worry. But I'd happily have him that season. I don't think Nathan will, but it's a wait and see, isn't it? I don't know what you guys think, but yeah, you know, I, I, indeed, yeah. I mean, two goals this season, both the. Uh, Bullets from outside the penalty box. Quality, and, wasn't uh, <laughs> you know, it's absolutely yeah, sort of fantastic. James, where are you on that? I mean, obviously, we've kind of got used to I mean, you know, he's been here for a few seasons now, three seasons, and um, we watch him every week. And we know that when he stands the fullback up, the fullback's toasty and got a chance. And, you know, you kind of think to yourself from a neutral point of view, surely at some point someone's going to warn the fullback not to get stood up by him, but whether it's his his skill that keeps on getting him to be able to stand the fullback up or whatever it is, 
he'll always get to that byline and he must be a striker's dream in that regard. But I mean, how, how, how do you see the current situation with him? It's probably the opposite sort of the coin to uh, what I was saying about Jordan Clark, really. You know, when he's on form and, and producing, he's electric. Um, yeah, he's, he has his injury problems and then he can float in and out of games sometimes. And I think, I, I wonder whether that probably will count against him. You know, he's he's not featured a lot re- recently. And, um, you know, when, you're, when your contract is ticking down, that doesn't really bode well does it i mean and it his age probably doesn't count uh uh in his favor at the moment it's just that i would like to see him stay because it is that moment of magic that trick that he's got uh a uh, little bit of burst of pace that can get past people because no one else has got that in the in the luton side um so i would like to see him stay but uh, uh I, I, i'm 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 following the general consensus here and I, I, I don't think he will. He kind of, um, when you speak to him, which obviously is not that often this season because he's not played, um, he's a little bit hard to read. But I think when you, um, even if you weren't there or didn't watch or listen to it, when you read those statements about being frustrated, I think considering, <laughs> considering he did go away and then uh, think better of it and came back when he got given a chance under Graham Jones, I think he probably will just think he's not getting a game, so he'll go somewhere else. Yeah, I think that's um, that's how I see it. Tony, I mean, obviously he's your favourite player after putting us ahead against Wickham um, <laughs> the other week. But I mean, if he does go, um, you know, he's left us with some great memories, hasn't he? I mean, obviously you'll cherish that one, but the immediate memory that springs to mind with Kazenga Luar is the Walsall equaliser in the last minute and all of a sudden 11 Luton players are in the away end just as Walsall about to kick off and you know um, so what would, what have you made of him what do you make of him right now are you with the boys do you see him being here next season I hope so I hope so but I'm not I'm, I'm not so sure I, I, I think the, the one word that um, comes to to mind with <laughs> is inconsistency mm. um he can be inconsistent however he, he has already been mentioned he, he he's got a bit of magic about him he, he's got tricks in his locker and he's the one player in the Luton side that can get you on the edge of your seat when he gets the ball um as a, a, a he's definitely seen as as a threat by a, the, the opposition and you know it, it with his low center of gravity and his ability on the ball it's already been said he can twist and turn and uh, you look at the amount of uh, free kicks he's won us you know that that is something useful to have in the side uh, and he's got a, a, a fair bit of pace on him but there is a slight thing with me that thinks you know um, he is a special player but it's and he's playing well at the moment but it's also coming up to that time when contracts are renewed um, so you've got to bear that in mind. Um, but just for that, I, I, you know, what he's capable of, I, 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 I would like to see him here at Luton next season. Playing well because his contract's up, you cynical old there, sausage you. Um, I've seen you so many times in the past, Jeff. <laughs> yeah, you get sceptical after a while, don't you? Yeah. <laughs> 
What does that as mean? I said, you know, <laughs> as I said, he's, if that is it in the summer, I mean, he's left us with some great memories, and um, yeah, yeah. anyone who was part of that League One title winning squad will uh, will have their name in history for uh, for a long time to come. That's mm. it for the first episode of the podcast. We've recapped everything that's happened um, since we were last with you. Make sure you come back for the second part of the podcast because I'm feeling it's going to be pretty fiery. Um, that that will be released pretty soon. We are losers. We are losers.